Friends, grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So what do you say to someone whose life is falling apart? To a kid who is struggling at school, not turning in assignments, beating other kids up, disrespecting the teacher, only because at home his dad is hitting him and his house is a chaos of conflict. Or to a woman who has buried her husband at far too early of an age. Or a man who has struggled his whole adult life with addiction, and he just can't kick the habit. What do you say to a bruised reed or a dimly burning wick. Those are the images that are invoked for us this morning by the prophet Isaiah. A plant made to grow strong and tall and withstand all manner of weather, but is bent over in the wind, almost to breaking. Or a lamp made to shine brightly in the night, to illumine a whole household, but is drenched in rain or buffeted by storm and is barely flickering. What do you say? It is this image that is evoked by the prophet Isaiah during the most devastating time in Israel's history. More ink is spilled in the Bible over the time leading up to, during, and just after the exile than any other event in the life of God's people. We cannot overstate how devastating it was to watch their beloved temple, the city of Jerusalem itself, destroyed. Their beloved friends, family, neighbors, killed or forced to march across the Arabian Peninsula to live thousands of miles from home in exile in Babylon. Now, I don't believe this in particular. I really struggle with this theology. But it is important to note that almost every writer of the Old Testament believed that the reason the people of God were sent into exile, were crushed by the Babylonians, was because they had messed up. They had failed to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with their God. They had failed to welcome the immigrant, the refugee, the stranger. They had failed to lift up those who were poor and oppressed and to provide for all those who struggle. And so almost every writer of the Old Testament tells us that the reason they found themselves crushed and almost destroyed and sent into exile is because they failed to do what God had commanded of them. Now again... I'm not 
convinced that that's how God works. But I think it's important to understand where they're coming from. And so they are in exile. And they believe that they're there because of their own damn fault. So what do you say? What do you say to a people broken, almost to breaking? Now, God could have chosen to twist the knife, to say, I told you so. I told you what I expected of you, and you failed. And so, this is what happens. God could have heaped on the shame and piled on the guilt and made them to feel deep in their bones, hey, this is what happens. Let this pain teach you. I'm a dad, and there have definitely been times in my life when that is exactly what I have done. When my children were first starting to walk, and they were stumbling and fumbling all over the place, barely able to pull themselves up, I could have followed them around, hovering like a helicopter, wrapping them and every sharp or blunt object in bubble wrap to make sure they never hurt themselves. But there were times when I sat back. I mean, I didn't let them fall down the stairs or anything. But I saw they were going to fall, and I knew they would learn. We had a saying in our household, pain is a teacher, right? Bump your head, maybe you'll learn to walk. <laughs> it's too late. The statute of limitations has run out, so I'm good. Now they are older, and mostly they've learned how to walk, although one of our children, I will not name names, still has a propensity to walk into walls because that little person has trouble paying attention. But there are times when they are out of their minds with anger or grief or something, and they are hurting themselves and or others. And it is tempting to pile on the shame, to say, well, this is what happens. This is what happens when you break the rules. You made your bed. Now you got to lie in it. And sometimes we do that. But there are other times when my better angels get the better of me, and I am moved by empathy and I see that there is something going on in your heart and in your brain that I don't understand. 
but it is hurting you. And hurt people hurt people. And I just want to be there for you. Because you're a beautiful child with so much potential. And we'll get through this. You are a dimly burning wick, a bruised reed. And what good would it do to crush you in this moment? And so God speaks through the prophet Isaiah into this broken people. God is with you yet. There is work left to be done. There are things that have happened that may or may not have led to this place. But I will deliver you because I love you. Because I care too much about you and the whole world. Through you I have blessed bless, to let you go, to let you fall, to let you break. And so, I will send a servant who will faithfully, patiently, lovingly, empathetically, caringly bring forth justice. I haven't given up on justice but we will work with you. Many of you know that one of my favorite worship experiences is the Holden Evening Prayer. It's the setting of the evening prayer we use on Holy Ground and Wednesday nights during Lent. The first song in that setting of evening prayer is called Joyous Light of Heavenly Glory. And there's a line in that song that sticks with me all the time where we sing together make us shine with gentle justice let us each reflect your light gentle justice it is a powerful image of how God works with God's people when we are bruised and broken. Sometimes by our own fault, God speaks gentle justice. That yes, God still has a dream for how the world might be. And yes, you have a work to do in that great dream. But I will be gentle and patient with you as you Learn again how to shine your light in the world. Today we gather around the holy bath, the waters of grace and mercy and life, and we watch as God claims sweet baby Genesis into the family of God. 
Genesis, a name that literally means new life, new beginnings, new hope. And we will light a candle shared from the tower of flame that is lit at the great vigil of Easter. And we will remind her and her parents and her sponsors and all of us who have gathered that she has within her the light of God's gentle justice. That all the world will be blessed through her. It is the light that we share on Christmas Eve and at the vigil of Easter. It is the light that burns within us all year long. The light that shines into the dark corners of this world. The light that can so often be dimmed by all of the crap this world can throw at us. And there will be times in Genesis' life that the world will dim her flame. That she will be thought less of. Or she will make mistakes. And she will be a bruised reed and a dimly burning wick. And it is into those times in her life and ours that God moves with gentle justice. Because when God spoke to the people in exile, God gave them two good words. The first is that God shined with gentle justice, knowing that, yes, they had made mistakes. Yes, they may bear some responsibility for their terrible predicament, and yet God has not given up on them yet, and God will not let them be crushed or extinguished. For God is with them and us yet still. But then, God also reminded the people that there was work left for them to do. You see, it's, it's not enough to just say, God still loves you. But what brought the people out of exile with true joy and true life is that God said, there is yet a purpose for you. I don't just love you because I love you. I love you because I have work for you to do. For you have within you, as dim as it may seem these days, you have within you light to shine for all the nations. The whole world is desperate to know what I am up to. And so I am with you still, to forgive you, to love you, to stand you back up on your feet, and then to remind you of your purpose. Sweet baby Genesis, you have a purpose in this world. 
to shine your light into every dark corner. At the beginning of the third book of the Harry Potter series, The Prisoner of Azkaban, it is a scary, dark, crazy time. Someone who is ostensibly a mass murderer has escaped from prison and is on the loose, and so the Dementors, these terrifying creatures who bring nothing cold and despair to anyone they are around have been installed as guards around Hogwarts. It is the beginning of the year feast where all the new students and returning students are there to begin a new year of study and the great wizened old wizard Albus Dumbledore gives his beginning of the year speech in which he says, these are dark times. There is much to be afraid of. And yet happiness can be found even in the darkest times if one simply remembers to turn on the light. These are dark times. They have always been dark. But God has not given up on you yet. There is justice yet to be done. There is hope yet to be born. There is life yet to conquer death. And sweet Genesis and everyone here, God has given you light to shine into the darkest corners of this earth. So let your light shine. Let your light shine before God that all the world might say, thanks be to God. Amen.